You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another series of Flip Muffler Podcast. We have been doing this consistently this whole year, which is getting someone who is amazing doing their own podcast and actually taking some of the best of the best and putting it up here. So with me today is Sanjana, who's with Hippo Video, and she has an incredible podcast of her own that they've been running for some time, and they're going to reach, uh, I guess, up to 100 uh, by the end of this year or so. So she's going to take top 10 episodes of her podcast and putting it for us. So Sanjana, thank you for doing that and welcome to Flip My Funnel. Thanks, Sangram. Uh, it's an absolute honor to replay some of our episodes on Flip My Funnel. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what is the series called and who are some of the folks that people can expect to listen from? Sure. So my series is called Limitless. So uh, as the name Limitless implies, uh, our podcast episodes unveil uh, limitless possibilities for sales and marketing folks. Uh, they contain valuable lessons from uh, thought leaders in the industry, uh, starting from you, Sangram. Uh, then we have uh, Morgan Ingram, John Barrows, Jeb Blend, Amy Franco, Tiba Shanto, uh, to name a few. And uh, the topics vary from uh, sales prospecting, uh, personalization, video selling, sales strategies. And then we go into uh, social selling, personal branding, and so on and so forth. Like, for example, uh, Sangram, you and I spoke about uh, how to lead like a modern CMO. And uh, my co-host, Nikhil and Vivek, spoke to Morgan on how to prospect enterprise accounts. And with uh, John Barrows on how sales trips can build their personal brand. And wow. there are also uh, other interesting episodes on video selling and how to win deals with videos. So I always try to pull out, you know, actionable tips from the leaders when I interview them. So I would love it if people give it a listen. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to listen to some of them myself now that you gave a little bit of teaser there, Sanjana. Again, thank you for, for this. All the information about your episode links will be in the show notes as well. So let's give it a listen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another weekly episode of Limitless Podcast, a place where we bring together global leaders in sales and marketing. My name is Sanjana and I'm the host of Limitless Podcast. Today's episode is a webinar replay from our Limitless webinar series. We hosted John Barrows on our webinar to talk about how sales reps can build their personal brand to sell more deals. So in this episode, John will be walking us through the two different sides of social selling, the power of personal brand building, and what it can do for your career, and how to integrate personal brand building into your routine. So let's hear it from John Barrows. Thank you very much, Nikhil. I appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for joining here. And that's what we're, you know, we're going to talk. I mean, brand building is one of those things that's a little bit, uh, you know, I, I always have to caution um, as far as personal brand building is concerned, because I think it's extraordinarily important in today's world. But I also take into consideration of where people are in their careers and what they're selling. So, you know, if you're brand new in sales and you're, you know, 22 years old and you're, you know, selling into a market, you've never heard nothing, you know, you've, you've never, you don't know anything about, uh, or you don't, you know, you're just trying to learn you know, brand building is not exactly easy. So what I'm going to try to do here is I'm going to try to connect 
business acumen, which I think is extremely important, is actually even more important, but how it'll lead to personal brand building, okay? To actually attract more people, but also how to close more deals and, and, and how to put yourself in that position of the industry expert here. You know, because there's, there's plenty of stats out there, and I think I have it one of these slides that um, the IDC talks about how, you know, people consider the expertise of the sales professional prior to making the buying decision. And if you're a five, and, and if you're known as a thought leader in your industry, you're five times more likely to get the business than if you're not. And look, I'm not going to pretend like we're all going to become thought leaders overnight here. I think that's a little ridiculous, but we can start to move in that direction. So I'm just going to talk about some super practical things that we can do on a day-to-day basis to improve our business acumen and uh, build our personal brand so we can start to kind of attract more and close more deals. And by the way, throughout, we're going to have a, uh, we're going to have Q&A at the end, but feel free to throw some uh, questions throughout the whole uh, session into the chat forum because I can, I can kind of jump into those, especially if they're relevant uh, to kind of the topic that, that I'm addressing. I know somebody uh, already threw in one about, uh, I forget where it is, where's the chat go here? But throw some questions in there, all right, about, about this, because I, I really do think this is kind of the next wave of, of, and we're just at the infancies right now of sales reps building their own personal brand and learning how to do it in an authentic way. Um, you know, influencers, for instance, you know, you see all these influencers out there. You see, and people spend a lot of money on influencers, right? Because they're trying to tie that influencer's brand to their brand so that they can elevate theirs. And, and it was crazy for a while because there was a lot of fake influencers out there who had fake followers and everything else. And people were giving them a lot of, you know, oh, look at how many people are following them. And I think that's, that's not authentic. And I think that jumped the shark, by the way, uh, back when, um, I think it was what, Fire Island or something. It was that documentary where they had that Coachella, the new Coachella, where they had all these fake Instagram followers, whatever, you know, promote this, this thing that wasn't really a thing. And everybody got duped on it. So I think people are a little cautious on, you know, the fake influencer piece here, but real influencers, people who have, have, who are authentic, who have real true influence to their audience, that they're becoming invaluable. And so what we're going to talk, we're going to briefly set the stage of why this is so important today. And then we're going to talk about building your personal brand while improving business acumen, and then how to leverage social to both listen and engage. Right? So again, as we go through this, Nikhil, I, for some reason, I can't see the chats. Um, so if you could do me a favor, if there's a good question uh, that comes up throughout this, if you could just kind of ping me. Otherwise, I will, I'll, uh, I'll, otherwise I'll I will do that, John. No, all right, thanks. All right, cool. So let's, let's get into it. Let's set the stage. And I, almost, I do this with all my training. So I'm going to take a little bit of a training approach here. Instead of just a webinar, it's like, hey, some interesting things. I'm trying to gonna get into some tactical stuff that you can do. And so, you know, this is part of the training I do when I go face-to-face with clients. And I start with this, which is death of the average sales rep, which is, you know, I'm watching sales reps die a, a pretty painful death right now. And I mean average sales reps, right? Not the ones who are, you know, who are good or great or any of that stuff. People say that there's, you know, sales reps are going to die, you know, I'm going to get replaced. That's not true. There's always going to be room for sales professionals, good sales professionals to help people challenge them, uncover real needs and, and tie them to the solutions. But the average sales reps, the ones who are just going through the motions, the ones who are pressing play on their cadences, making generic cold calls, you know, pressing play on demos and stuff like that, like all of that is going to get replaced. And it's not going to get replaced. I'm watching it get replaced, right? I mean, there's artificial intelligence tools out there now that are writing better emails than I ever could. And they're doing it faster than I ever could. 
you know, demos, you know, you got reps going through slide by slide by slide. I mean, marketing can do that better than we can, right? They can, they can create kind of a journey for a customer and, and watch where they sit, you know, or, or what slides they spend the most time on and see, serve up better information that way. And also clients are just getting less and less tolerant of us as sales professionals kind of, again, going through the motions. I mean, if you, if you pay attention to, uh, was it, uh, challenger sale, right? They talk about by the time somebody comes to us, they're already 60 to 70% of the way through the sales process. And if that's the case, you know, if they, if they come to us and there's that inbound lead and we're starting at zero, right? They're already educated. So they don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with our bank questions. They don't want to deal with our canned demos. They want to know what they want to know. And so if we, we aren't dynamic enough to be able to figure that out, they're, they're, not, they're going to want to engage with us less and less and less, right? Because they just don't see value in us if we're just going through the motions. And so with this as context, right? I mean, the question I think we need to ask ourselves right now is what can we do that a computer can't, right? And this is actually, you know, it, it's an interesting question because it's getting harder and harder to answer, right? I mean, it, it used to be pretty easy to answer this question. Well, there's plenty of things, right? Relationships and all this other stuff. But now it's getting harder because, again, like messages are getting more tailored. And, and, and we talk about personalization and how that's our thing, right? Personalization. I actually disagree with that. I don't think personalization is, is impor- as, as important as it used to be. I think, I think now relevance is the most important thing, right? And this is why computers are actually, they have the leg up on us. And marketing has the leg up us in sales because they can be relevant at scale because they can analyze what we're doing online and see where we go and then understand our personas and understand our business and serve up information at the right time. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, think about our, like everything that's going on with, uh, with like, let's talk about Facebook, right? I mean, we all know that the phone's listening. So, so I start talking about a solution or I start talking to my buddy about something I was thinking about doing this weekend or whatever it is. And that phone's listening. I don't care what anybody says. There's no question. It's listening to me, even if I have it off. And all of a sudden I log into Facebook and that article or that, that, that ad comes up or that promotion comes up for a product that I was just kind of talking about. And it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I need that, right? Because it's timely and it's relevant based on who I am, what I've done and all that other stuff. Same thing with when you log into Amazon. When you log into Amazon, I log in and they're recommending products that I didn't even know I needed. But because they know my buying habits and what I've done, they're suggesting things that are relevant to me. Whereas personalization, you know, you could be personalized all, to all get up, right? You could, you could go out there and, and send me the most personalized email of all time or send me the most personal gift I've ever gotten. But if it's not relevant, if, 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 it's not, if, if I don't have a need for whatever your product or service is, then thanks, but it's not going to really do anything. So that's why we have to start really thinking about, you know, relevance and, and personalization. But in the context of, how can we do it compared to a computer? And, and that's really what I want to tackle here. And, and, and that's why I think personal brand building is so important is because that's the one thing uh, that, that the computer can't replicate is, is a personal brand and, and what it does to, to build your credibility, uh, to, to have people paying attention to you. And, and you know, I, this is the study that I brought up earlier, which talks about, you know, when the IDC came out with this recently that said, the vast majority of people consider the expertise on the left-hand side there, consider the expertise of sales rep prior to making a buying decision. And again, on that top graph right there, if you're known as a thought leader, 
you are five times more likely to get the business than if you're not. Now, I'm not going to pretend like we're all going to become thought leaders overnight. I think that's a little ridiculous, but I think we can move in that direction, right? And, and, and that's what we'll, we'll, I'll share with you of, of at least how I've done it, right? And in a, in a meaningful way. Because when people first came, you know, when, when, when social selling first came out, you know, I'm, look, I'm 44 years old. I'm a Gen Xer, right? When, when social selling first came out, I was like, great. You know, yet another thing I got to do to be successful in sales. Well, fantastic. Add it to the list. And the whole idea of like tweeting and posting and all that stuff just bothered me, especially just to build a fake following. And, and so I, I just, I, at first, I totally discounted it. But, but it flipped for me after a while where I started to recognize the importance of it and realize that if I focused on myself first, right? If I focus on learning first, and this is where social selling really did flip for me was when I started looking at it as I should learn, right? And this is the business acumen piece of this. I should be learning about my products, about my solutions, about my industry, about the trends, about the personas that I'm going after, right? So that's, I should be learning about that stuff just as a pure business professional here. And so with that lens, uh, you know, I started learning first and then sharing, but only sharing when I thought it was relevant, when I thought it was important. Okay. And that's that, that connector there where if you focus on you first and learning and building your business acumen and then only sharing when you learn something, that's when you can start to build your brand in an authentic way. And if we talk about, let's talk about some macro examples of why brand building is so important, right? Well, I, like, let's use this one. Like, y'all know The Rock, like Dwayne Johnson, right? So I love The Rock. Do you know how much The Rock charges for the, the movie studio? So when he signs up to do a movie, right? The movie studio is going to pay him whatever, $20 million or whatever it is. Right? Do you know how much he charges the movie studio to do one post on Instagram? One post to promote his own movie? A million dollars. A million dollars per post, by the way. For him to go like, yo, go check out my new Jumanji 2, right? Whatever. A million bucks. And the reason, it sounds ridiculous. Like, you got your mind for a million dollars. But do you know how many followers The, the, the Rock has on, on Instagram? Got like, I think it's like 190 million right now which is absurd. And so that million dollars now becomes the best million dollars that that studio has ever spent on marketing. Because think about it. You got SEO, you got, you know, billboards, you got commercials, you got all that stuff. You got one, you got The Rock who had 190 million people following The Rock. And he says, go watch my movie. You got to go watch his movie, right? It's the most direct marketing you can get. And let's use another example, like Kylie Jenner. Did y'all see what Kylie Jenner did to Snapchat a while back? I mean, Kylie Jenner single-handedly built Snapchat, but she single-handedly ruined Snapchat. And, and I don't know if you remember like a while back, like a, about a year and a half ago, Snapchat updated their UI, right? So, and it, and it wasn't good and people didn't like it, right? But that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing about Snapchat, right? It, it's kind of hard to understand. That's why kids love it and parents don't get it, right? So, so but anyways, Kylie Jenner really didn't like it. And, and she put out a tweet. She goes, so does anybody else not open Snapchat anymore? Or is it just me? Ugh, so sad. So she sends out that tweet. The day she sent that out, Snapchat stock dropped by 6%, which was $1.5 off of their market cap. You tell me personal brand doesn't matter. And, and we're moving into a world where people just don't trust corporate brands. They just don't. You know, like again, me growing up, uh, we trust Gen Xers. We kind of trusted corporate brands. I was like, oh, yeah, McDonald's. Yeah, it's yummy. And I don't know, it's cheap and easy, right? Now it's like, whoa, pink. Ooh, is gross. Like, get away from me. I don't want anything to do with that. And you're seeing corporate brands fall off the wayside, left, right, and sideways, right? I mean, 
I mean, all the chain restaurants right now are, are, are struggling massively because millennials and Gen Zs don't want to go to chain restaurants. They don't want to go to quote unquote brands. They want to have more of an experience, that type of stuff. And that's also happening in a lot of corporations, like forget about you know, food, but also businesses. You know, they, they, I actually think that marketing right now, I think companies are going to have to get real comfortable. The, the next wave of marketing is I think com- companies are going to have to get real comfortable with individuals inside their business representing their brand, right? And, and because that, that face of your brand is, is, a, is a person that people can trust as opposed to the corporate message. And an easy way to, for me to prove this is, you know, I look at my LinkedIn, right? Me, per, my, my LinkedIn profile versus my corporate LinkedIn profile, right? So the Jay Barrows corporate page versus John Barrows's page. I have around almost getting up to 400,000 followers on, on my personal page. Whereas my corporate page, I don't know, I think maybe 10,000, 20,000 at this point, something like that. So people, because people don't look to corporations for insights, they look to people for insights. And so how do we do this in an authentic way without wasting too much time, without, uh, you know, like, yeah, just without wasting time and without getting in the way of driving results? Because I think that's the, the challenge here is that a lot of people look at corporate, that personal brand building and say, I, I get it. I understand how important it is, but I got to hit my quota. You know what I mean? I got to hit my monthly quota. And, and I will tell you right now, personal brand building, it's not a short-term thing, right? It's definitely a long-term play. It's something that is going to carry you throughout the rest of your careers. But it's not like if you tweet or share something or anything like that, all of a sudden people are going to say, oh, let's do a bunch of business together. It's kind of a slow roll thing. So that's why I really recommend building it into your routine, right? So doing a little bit every day, but, but again, making the connection here that it's not just about brand building just to build your brand. Build it to like learn first. You learn first and then share, then you can build your brand in an authentic way. And the tools that I use to do this, again, I told you I was going to get real tactical here. Uh, Feedly is the tool that I use to do this. You'll notice at the top of the screen here, I have this morning routine where every morning I wake up and I grab my Dunks coffee here. Yeah, Boston, Dunks coffee is way better than anybody else. Anyways, uh, but uh, I grab my coffee and then from 7.30 to 8.30, almost every single morning, I have this morning routine where, you know, I, I check some data feeds and it's just an hour every day. And because everybody has their morning routine, right? I mean, some of y'all go work out. Good for you, right? Uh, but mine, what I did was I used to, um, you know, I used to check my fantasy leagues and get all pissed off about that type of stuff. Or, or my dad, still to this day, my dad reads the morning paper, like the physical morning paper, right? Which is cool, you know, but, but the problem with the morning paper is I'd say about, I don't know, 90% of it is completely irrelevant to what I care about. And by the way, I don't care what side of the fence you're on here in the States. If you are watching, if you're reading the morning paper, you're getting pissed off. So why get pissed off? Why start off your day getting pissed? I want to start my day like learning stuff that I, that I should be learning, right? Um, again, I should be staying up to date on my clients. I should be staying up to date on, on, on the trends in the industry and the personas that I'm going after. And so that's really what I try to focus on is build my business acumen first. And that's how I do this. So you'll notice at the top of the screen here, you see sales, Salesforce, Sales Navigator, Owler, Twitter, Facebook, and Feedly. Now, what I do is I take all my account, accounts, like my top 25 accounts, and I put them on Sales Navigator, Owler, Twitter, and, and, and Facebook. And I, and I kind of like and, sh- you know, and, and follow them on all those tools. So all I'm doing is, is as I'm kind of skimming through, I'm just looking for things to make connections with. 
and th- this is more direct selling, right? Because there's two ty- there's two sides of social selling. One is listening to the social world to make connections, and that's the short term play. Hey, I saw you tweeted that. I saw you shared this. I saw you posted that. Whatever, and let's talk about that because I got something relevant to talk about here, right? So that's more of the short term side of social selling, but the long term side is the brand building, and that's how I use Feedly. And I'm really going to recommend everybody do this. So think of the industries that you sell into. Think of the personas that you sell into. And go find all the thought leaders in those spaces. So with Feedly, again, it's F-E-E-D-L-Y. For those of you looking, it's a free resource. All it is is an RSS aggregator, okay? So say there's like five or six different blogs you like, sales blogs you like reading. Usually you have to go to five or six different sales uh, like websites to see those blogs or get five or six different emails to hit your inbox. With Feedly, you can go in and you create a folder called sales blogs, if you see on the left there, and then you just put all your sales blogs in there. So when you open it up, you just kind of skim all the headlines here. Okay. And so for me, for instance, artificial intelligence, like I am fascinated with what's happening with artificial intelligence and specifically as it relates to sales, right? And some of the new things that it's, it's the impact it's having on sales. Like SaaS, that's my industry. That, that's the one I spend most of my time in. So I follow all the thought leaders in SaaS. Sales blogs, obviously, sales training and social selling. So tip for you out there, like say, say you are that kid that's that 22-year-old kid and you are now selling security solutions and your, your company is asking you to sell to CISOs, you know, CISOs like chief information security officers, right? I mean, again, at 20, you're like, who in the world? Like CISOs, pretty complex job, right? All this other stuff. Like I, I've never been a CISO. I don't know how to, I don't know what their job is. I, I, I don't know the details of it, but I can, I can learn enough to have a decent conversation with one of them. So what I'm going to do if I'm selling, say it's CISOs in healthcare, I'm going to create a folder called CISOs and I'm going to go online. I'm just going to Google uh, CISOs, thought leaders, 2020, uh, maybe even CISOs, healthcare, thought leaders, 2020, and go find the three or four top thought leaders in that space. And I'm going to put them into that folder. And then when I wake up in the morning, that's what I'm reading. I'm just reading those articles and some of the trends there. I'm going to join LinkedIn groups of those people and, and not to troll for leads, but to listen to what these people are talking about, the questions that they're asking. Because you don't have to know everything about a role, right? You don't have to be the industry expert in sales. I, I firmly believe that you don't have to be the product expert. You just have to know enough, right? To, to, to put some context around your questions and to be thoughtful with your, with your approach and then pull the right pieces right? The sales engineers, the solutions architects, whatever, and and put them in a position and quarterback the deal. But you do have to know enough. You know, for instance, like, you know, I've always been a priority-based seller, right? Where I fully understood that, you know, when your CEO stands up in the beginning of the year and says, these are the three things that we got to focus on this year to be successful. I fundamentally understand that if I can't tie my solution to one or two of those things, good luck selling anything of significance, right? So, so I've always been a priority-based seller, but in order to get there, the way I used to get there was by saying stuff like, tell me about your priorities. You know, and if I would say that very general statement, I usually get very general answers, like all oh, revenue. Oh, let me show you how it can impact your revenue, right? Um, but now I go in and I do a little bit of homework on what CISOs and healthcare care about. And I walk into a conversation to say, you know, so I'll do a Google search and I'll say, uh, CISOs, healthcare, priorities, challenges, 2020. Read a few articles, right? Or I'll go on... Um, I'll go on the job boards like Indeed or something like that. And I'll type in the title 
and the industry of, of the people that I'm trying to get in touch with. And I'll read through their job descriptions and I'll say, okay, what do these people care about? Right? So then when I get in touch with a CISO in the healthcare industry, instead of saying, tell me about your priorities, I could say stuff like, well, you know what? We're typically dealing with CISOs in healthcare and they're telling us that in 2020, the top things on their mind are X, Y, and Z. Are those yours? Even if they're not, the fact that you show you know their world a little bit tends to open up the conversation a little bit more, right? And so that's how I kind of use Feedly here. So you'll notice, you know, I talked earlier about this routine, right? I have this morning routine and I think it's super important to have a routine because it's kind of like working out, right? It's why I suck at working out because I'm an event-driven worker router, right? I like, so for instance, over New Year's, right? I was, uh, we were a little vacation. We went down on a little cruise down on the Caribbean. And so what was I doing a couple months before that, right? I was on, I was at the gym. I'm working out. I'm eating good, right? And then I go on a vacation. I come back. I'm like, oh, pizza, beer. Okay, great. Right? And then I'm like, oh, going on another vacation in March here. Oh, gotta, you know, get back to the gym. Oh, uh, you know, right after, oh, summer's coming, right? I know that if I just woke up every day and did a little, you know, did a few push-ups, a few sit-ups and hit the elliptical for like maybe 15, 20 minutes, I'd maintain, right? But I suck because this is what happens, right? It's the same thing with brand building. It's the same thing with prospecting. It's the same thing with everything. It's, it's if you have a routine doing it, it all of a sudden bakes in and now you do it. So don't treat brand building as an event. Don't treat, just like prospecting, don't treat like quality prospecting as an event. Got to build it into your routine. So this is mine. And all I'm doing is I'm, again, scanning through data feeds on my clients and seeing if I can find those triggers, again, for, to make direct connections. But I'm also doing this and I'm reading these articles. So notice that, that one right there. It's a Keith Rosen's. If time is money, then your daily routine is priceless. So I come across this article and I, th- I actually think it's kind of interesting. So I'm, I read it, right? And again, with the focus on learning first, I want to learn first. And then if I learn something, that's when I share it. And that's what happens here. I did the build wrong here. Sorry about that. I'm going to take this uh, control CV. Let's do this. Take this one out of here. But then what happens is, let's go back here, right? So see that line, you know, the seventh or eighth line down there, if time is money. Well, I open that up and I read that article. And then on that, see the little right under there, it says like LinkedIn, Twitter, those type of things. Then after I read something and I, and I get value out of it, then I, I share it. I click on the LinkedIn or the Twitter thing, whatever it is. And it opens it up and I put a little bit of context on top of it, right? Context over content. That, that's really what we need to focus on right now to stay relevant. You know, I stole that one from Gary Vee. You know, he talks about everybody, he says, everybody talks about uh, content is king, content is king. He said, fine, if content is king, then context is God. And that got me thinking about marketing versus sales, right? Marketing is content, sales is context. If we as sales professionals are not putting any context around our content, then we're no different than marketing. And I have no idea why we're getting paid to do what we do. Right? That's why just sharing stuff is meaningless. Do, I'm begging you, do not just share stuff. Don't just like retweet, right? Like I got a 39 page ebook here, right? Like you know how many 39 page ebooks I have in my thing, things to read folder? I don't know if all you have a things to read folder, but I got one. It's the largest folder in my entire inbox. I haven't read a single thing in there, right? But if you have that ebook, Hey, really good 39 page ebook here. Uh, if you're a VP of sales in the SaaS industry trying to integrate social selling into your routine, you might want to take a look at pages three, five, and seven because there's some really good tactical things. Okay. Or for instance, here's one for you, context over content. Say your, your company puts out a lot of webinars or a lot of events, okay? And that email goes out to your entire database. Hey, we got this webinar coming up. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take that email. I'm going to grab my top 25 tier one accounts, right? Executives. And I'm going to forward that email to them and say, hey, I'm not sure if you got that email that marketing just sent out there. 
um, about this webinar that we have coming up or this event that we have coming up. But the reason I think you should go to it is because, right? So you make that personalized, right? Um, and then say they sign up for the webinar and they don't attend. Well, then afterwards, I'm going to say, hey, uh, say I, I saw you sign up for that webinar. I noticed you missed it. Based on what I know about you, if you actually start listening to this webinar around minute 13 and go from minute 13 to 45, like, or 13 to 25 or something like that, like, there's some really cool stuff in there that I think you might get some value out. That's context over content. That way, you can start to, to show yourself as somebody that's more than just a robot, more than just somebody who's just trying to build their brand just to get followers. And again, sharing content like this gets people to pay attention to you. Because look, you know, I get a lot of questions. Well, John, like, you know, I see you, I see James, I see Morgan, I, and you're always putting out content, man. You're, you're writing blogs, you're doing videos. Like, and I just, you know, I don't have A, I don't have time to do that. And B, I, you know, I'm really not good at that. You know, I'm not good on, I'm not a good writer. I'm not, a, I'm not great on video, whatever it is. So I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable. So what, what should I do? And look, you don't have to do it. You don't have to be the content creator. Okay. You don't. Um, you, all, all you have to be in today's world is the content curator. Cause you think about it for a second. Like I wrote a, I read a blog, right? It's a weekly blog. It's kind of a pain in the ass. I've been writing it for five years and I'm straight up running out of shit to say, like straight up running out of stuff to say. So, so it takes me about a week, every day, every week, I got to sit down for about an hour. I got to think of like, all right, what am I going to write? You know? And, I, and then I write the thing out, whatever. And then I send it over to my team and they SEO it and all that other stuff. Um, and then they put it on HubSpot and they get it out there. And so we're probably two to three hours into any like one blog post, right? Now say I write this blog post, okay? And you are connected to me. So we're connected. And so you read my blog post and you get some value out of it. So you think it's pretty decent, right? So what you do is you, you, you take my blog post that I spent two to three hours putting together. And you share it, right? And you put a little context, hey, really good post by John here, da, 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 whatever that is, right? And somebody you're connected to reads my blog post because you shared it and they get value out of it. Who do they thank? They don't thank me. I might get another follower, right? They, oh, I like John's voice here, but they don't thank me. They thank you. They don't say, hey, John, thanks for writing that article. They say, hey, thanks so-and-so for whatever, for sharing that article. So I did all the work, you get all the credit. And that way, if we make that connection of, of absorbing and, and consuming content to learn and then sharing it with our context, we can start to really do some cool stuff. We can start to really, we, we, can, we can check off a lot of different boxes at the same time, right? Not just brand building to brand build, but brand building to educate, learn, and build. And a lot of times you wonder like, okay, well, you know, how do you, how do you remember what to share or where to share it? Because not only do I build my brand kind of a, from a, broader perspective. But now let's talk about how to use brand building and, and business acumen to accelerate deal cycles and stay connected with prospects. But sometimes what I'll do is, and this is a recommendation for you, during the, qual during the discovery phase, if I get a client on the call, right, and I'm discovering and I'm asking them questions, whatever, I'm going to actually ask them questions about what they like, right? Hey, where are you on social selling? Where are you on artificial intelligence? Those type of things. And you know, and they say, oh yeah, right. And now say they say, you know what, John, this all sounds great, but we're not, we're not ready yet. We're just not interested, you know, right now, but why don't you touch base in six months? So what I'm going to do here is, and, I'm, and here's a question to ask somebody who says that, why don't you touch base in six months? Ask them this question verbatim. How do I stay top of mind between now and then without being annoying? All right. Because what you don't want to do is just call them in six months and say, hey, call, you told me to call you in six months, just touching base and checking in. Right. 
So you'd say to them, Hey, look, I'm happy to reach out in six months. First of all, what's going to change between now and then? And, and, and how do I stay top of mind between now and then without being annoying? And I'll sometimes even preface before they even answer. I'll say, you know, because I try to stay up to date on, on what's happening in the industry. I try to read stuff on stuff like social selling and those type of things. So are there any topics that if I come across something that I think is valuable that you, you know, you get some value out of? And they'll usually say, well, you know what, John? Yeah, if you come across any new tools in AI, feel free to share those or, you know, any, any new tips on, on how to engage, whatever it is, right? So, okay, great. Then what I do is I actually, and I've actually configured Salesforce to do this. And yes, it's not lightning yet, so don't give me any shit for that, whatever. Uh, but we're, we're making the transition now. But, um, but in Salesforce, under the contact phase uh, details, right, I have a section called interests. Now, interests, these are all the things that I talk about. Like, hey, where are you? I'm social selling. Where are you? And these are, I incorporate into my discovery phase. And so then after I get off the phone with you, I go into this interest section. I check off the boxes to say, what are you interested in, right? And then I follow those topics on Feedly. Then when I come across a kick-ass article that I learned something from, then what I do is I share it out there on social, obviously, right? Hey, really good. That's to build my bigger brand. Then I run a report in Salesforce that says, I want to see every VP of sales in the SaaS industry of my tier one accounts who cares about social selling, right? That might only be a list of three or four of them. But what I'm going to do there is I'm going to take that. I'm going to send it to them. Hey, I remember two or three months ago, you said you were really interested in this. I came across this article I thought was really valuable. Here you go. And that way, in one hour a day, I've probably sent out two or three really high quality emails to my clients that I'm actually following on some of the social listening tools. I've read an article or two that I've learned something from to build my business acumen. I've shared an article or two out there on social, on LinkedIn and Twitter to, to engage at a higher level, you know, to build my bigger brand. And I've shared a couple of articles with some clients that I'm staying, trying to stay top of mind with, right? And that, in an hour a day, I've checked off like 15 different boxes of value, okay, for myself and my audience. And if we can't figure out how to bake that into our process, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what you're doing. You say you're busy, like I'm calling bullshit on people being too busy because they got too much stuff to do. You know, if you really want to like compare calendars here, it gets pretty gross pretty fast for me. Like I, you know, my, let's see here, I'll show you like on a day-to-day basis, this is, I mean, this is a decent week for me because I'm actually home this week. But I mean, my schedule is booked every half an hour. I mean, usually it's I'm traveling, you know, all those big blocks are me traveling and stuff like that. And so like here's one, three, you know, three days in a row. So, but I still, pro, I still do this almost every day because it just builds into my routine. And so with that, just a few more pieces here just to, to hit on here, because I want to, uh, you know, I want to kind of circle back on that listening phase too for social selling. And these are the tools, right? If you're not using Owler, please, it's, it's a free tool. Put all your, it's like Google alerts on steroids. So you take those top 25 and you put them on Sales Navigator, Owler, Twitter, and Facebook. And then you do the Feedly thing. And, and again, here's your routine. So here's my routine, right? Every morning, those, those five tabs all show up or six tabs all show up at the same time. I use, I use um, Chrome so I can auto load all the bookmarks. And all I'm doing is I'm just scanning through stuff. And I'm noticing like, oh, look at the RVP over at OpenText. He was looking at my profile a little while ago. And maybe it's because they bought Carbonite. There's a reason for me to reach out to them. You know, Owler, you can track on very specific triggers. You open up a new office, launch a new product, whatever that is. All these are reasons for me to reach out to these, these clients right here. Twitter, right? Um, Twitter, sorry, on Twitter, like you can have a, you can build a list on Twitter and, uh, and send that, right? But if we go back to, let's use funding as a way to accelerate deal cycles or engage with clients. 
you know, when, you, when people go through funding, by the way, I stopped using funding as a reason to reach out to people because God help that person that's on that list once it hits crunch base. They must get 8 billion emails from sales reps being like, hey, so I got a bunch of money. Let me show you how to spend it, right? But what I do is I use funding. So I'll get us something like this. They got funding or they got acquired. And I'll use it as my quote unquote touching base. Let them know I'm paying attention. So for instance, like Andela a while back, you know, they got a, uh, they got 40 million in funding. I had a really good call with Andela, like a really good call with them prospecting line. Um, but she just said, John, we're not ready yet. So why don't you touch base in six months? I said, great. So uh, what's the best way to uh, communicate with you moving forward here? And, you know, um, how do I stay top of mind without being annoying? Right. I asked those questions. And then I put them on Owler and I get this alert about a month or two later and that they got my funding, right? All I did was say, hey, congrats on the funding. Hope things are going well. Right. Again, it's just my, hey, I'm just letting you know I'm paying attention. She gets back to me with John. Thanks. Hope things are going well with you too. And then a few days later, she goes, Hey, we'd like to re-engage. So brand building, if you will, if you look at it as education and paying attention and really just kind of, I, I, there's a, there's a Gary V book. It's called jab, 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 right hook, right? Which is add value, add value, add value, then ask. All I'm trying to do is jab enough to stay top of mind. So when the right hook's necessary, I can actually sell. And that's where personal brand building and sharing content comes into play is it kind of sets the stage for that right hook. Because if you're constantly trying to share and add value and, and not always sell, not always be like, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you. Eventually you start getting people come to you as opposed to you pushing on them all the time. And then going back to the, my routine, here's Twitter. Like you can build a list, put all your clients on a list, right? And so instead of it all being messy in your Twitter feed, you, I have a prospect list, I have a client list and I'm looking for things. And even Facebook, you know, I have a dummy Facebook account. I got my own personal Facebook account. There's some, definitely some weird shit on there, but, but, I, but I have a, a dummy Facebook account and I go like all my top tier accounts on Facebook, right? Because maybe sometimes their websites aren't really all that active, but their Facebook pages are, right? And I look for stuff like Informatica here. They got a new CEO a little while back. And, and that's really it, right? That, that routine. So if you, if you set this up, right? Again, think of the two sides of social selling listening for the social world, which is what this is all about, right? Like setting up these systems, the owlers, the sales navigators, the Twitters. And then you think about building a brand with the feed, like educating yourself and learning through tools like Feedly and that type of stuff. And you do that an hour a day, you start to really engage with people and you build your brand in an authentic way. And people start to look at you as that industry expert without having you, without you having to fake it. You know, the whole fake it till you make it thing, I think is total crap. Don't fake it till you make it. Ask genuine questions. You know what I mean? Like when, like, let's go back to the example of the CISO, right? The 22-year-old kid, you know, read an article from a CISO, post it out there and try to ask a question. Hey, any, here's what I got from this article. I'm curious what any CISO out there is, uh, is, is, you know, thinks about this. You know, if you could chime in, I'd really appreciate it. Something like that. You'll learn a ton along the way by people engaging with your content. And when you engage with other people's content, don't just like or share or, you know, whatever, but put a thoughtful comment in there or ask a question to them. And I'm going to beg you, beg you, beg you right now as somebody who unfortunately, well, fortunately, because of the position I'm in, uh, is, is, the, is the recipient of this a lot of times. People tag, quote unquote, influencers all the time in their posts to try to engage. So they like, because you know, they want, you know, somebody else's eyes on there so they can improve. Don't just tag people to tag them. Please, like that, I, I will never connect with, I will never comment on somebody's post if they got 15 different people that they tag just because they want me to look at it. But if you really want me, for instance, or some uh, another quote unquote influencer to engage, 
post something out there and then be very specific. Say, hey, John, I know you talk a lot about brand building and social selling. I read this article or talked about this. I'd love your thoughts on that. That's where you can get me to engage, all right? So just to wrap up, and then we'll take some questions here. You know, the key takeaways from this, focus on educating yourself first, right? Don't look at this as I got to build my brand just to build my brand and get a bunch of followers. Learn first. Business acumen is critical, right? Share content with context. Don't just share just to share. Share it with context and your ideas and your thoughts and your opinions. Jab way more than you write hook, right? This is the whole giver's gain, right? Like you give, 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 and eventually it'll come back to you. But that's why it's a long-term play here. It's not a short-term thing. If you're going to tweet something out, the likelihood of somebody being like, oh, that was a great tweet. Let's talk. is not high. And then, and then what I can't recommend enough is setting up your routine. All right. So set up your routine so you can kind of do this on a consistent basis. So it's not an event that you have to do. And that's it. That's my story. And that's, that's how we can stay relevant here. That's how we can stay relevant. Your personal brand will prevent you from getting erased from, from technology and all the tools that are out there. It will elevate you. And I promise you, it'll benefit you throughout the rest of your career. And I'll, and I'll just make one last point, which is, let's, let's look at it this way. Say as we're moving forward here, right? Say you go for a new job, okay? And there's two people, or you're going for an, a promotion in your existing uh, company. And it's you against somebody else. And, you, and the person that you're going up against has a bunch of followers, super engaged on social and you know, got a, a decent influence and you don't have anything. But you've hit the same quota, you hit the same results, okay? Who do you think gets the nod? for the promotion, for the job, the person with the brand. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. All right. Get up. And the lap, actually, one more thing. James is on this right here. Morgan, James and Morgan are both absolute examples of what personal brand building will do for your careers. I did not hire James. I did not hire Morgan off of a job posting I did. I didn't put it out there and say, hey, you know, I'm hiring, right? The reason I hired James and the reason I hired Morgan is because they were both putting out content and I noticed them online. And after a while, I eventually said, you know what, you want to come over here and work, you know, do that over here. And both of them, yeah. You know, so it took them from you know, individual contributor roles now to flying all around the world doing some really cool shit. So if you want to see a testament to personal brand building, follow those two, James and Morgan. And uh, let me know if you have any questions here and we'll open it up. So cool. Nikhil, you want to uh, take over with uh, some of the questions that came in? Yeah, I, I do. Excellent, excellent uh, uh, you know, tactics uh, there, John. And really, we have been following uh, uh, Morgan and James, so we really can relate to that. So one of the first questions that I want to ask is now, uh, marketing controls the message usually in a, uh, in a company. Now, how can sales reps be themselves when uh, you know, marketing wants to control uh, the message? And how can they actually uh, you know, be with the message to themselves as well? Yeah, I think that's the, the, the challenge that I see a lot of times is marketing is a little bit too controlling, right? They don't want sales reps to do anything. And that's where I think you have to like, don't try to do it kind of outside and not really about your business, right? Just do it about the industry and those type of things. So, you know, what, the easy way to do it with marketing in mind is to, is to take the marketing content, right? Whatever they put out their ebooks, their website, you know, their, their stuff like that. Read those articles. Don't just share them. Right. Read the case studies, read the articles and, and then share them with a little bit of your context. So that's going to that's going to make the marketing department feel good. Right. Because it's like, hey, they're sharing our content with just a little bit of your flavor on top of it. So you can do it that way. But then on the side, again, do what I was saying earlier, as far as like like read topics and articles and don't 
again, don't share it to, to be like, hey, look at like, hey, look at my company here. Like, this is what we're doing in this space. Be genuinely curious, be genuinely thoughtful about what you're trying to learn about this space and share content that way. And then just, in my opinion, ask for forgiveness over permission, right? Because if you're out there and you're sharing content and you're doing it in an authentic way to try to learn, to try to, you know, be helpful to the audience out there, and then marketing comes knocking on your door and says, hey, stop doing that, at least it's a conversation to say why, you know, and hopefully, you know, if you've done a good enough job, you can show engagement in what you've been doing, right? And you can take a look at their engagement versus your engagement and say, hey, look, yeah. at the end of the day, when I share a piece of content for our business, I get, you know, five likes and maybe one comment or something like that. When I share content about this industry, about the personas and my perspective, I'm getting a hundred likes and, you know, 50, you know, 10 or 15 comments, from a marketer standpoint, you should know that branding is important and, and, and engagement is the key here. So I can stop doing this if you want to, but I, my opinion is, is doing nothing but benefiting both of us here. So your choice. And then if they really put the clamp down on you, then you really do, do, do have to start kind of looking at it and saying, all right, you know, is this really where I want to build my career here? And if it is, stay with it, right? But, uh, but you know, maybe start looking around at other options. Yeah, totally, totally understand. Now, uh, like you mentioned early in this uh, webinar itself, people start, people are now believing personal brands more than the corporate brands. So exactly goes with what you said uh, right now. So if, you know, people are uh, reluctant to, uh, you know, engage using their personal social media, is there any way uh, that, uh, you know, you would propose to get them on board, to, you know, get them to start using, uh, you know, their personal uh, social media profiles to start promoting more So say that again. So you, to like somebody who's just getting started on this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's all about where your audience is, right? So, so the, the idea here is, and this kind of goes through sales, right? Like you want to figure out who is your ideal customer profile? What are the personas within that ideal customer profile that you sell to? And then get a list of them and just see kind of where they live. And I, and I say that, you know, socially, not literally, right? So, so where, where are they? Are they, are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Twitter? Are they on, right? So like, I'll give you an example. My, my wife, she sells to um, local governments here in the States, right? So it's local governments, local governments really aren't on LinkedIn all that much. They're really not on, you know, they don't do a lot of Facebook stuff, but they, they're on Twitter a lot, right? So that's how they communicate with all their audience for the most part, right? So she's, she focuses most of her efforts in sharing content on Twitter. Yeah. My audience is obviously on LinkedIn, right? So that's where I focus most of my efforts, right? But if say you're into like fashion or something like that, obviously then, you know, Instagram is going to be a way better place for you to build it. So it starts with understanding where your audience is. Okay. And then once you understand where your audience is, you start to follow all the people that are the thought leaders in your audience space and start to, again, don't worry about sharing content right yet. As far as quantity is concerned, share, focus on learning first right? It, to me, brand building is way more about quantity than it is quality. And people get way too caught up with how many likes or how many shares or how many comments I got. Who cares about any of that stuff? It's, it, to me, it's about the engagement and it's about, are you doing this for the right reasons, right? Are you sharing content because you find it valuable or are you sharing content just to get likes? And if you're sharing it to get content, like, you know, again, I steal from Gary Vee here, if you, you know, I'd rather have 10 people follow me on Twitter. And when I share something on Twitter, all 10 people do something than 10,000 people following me on Twitter. And when I share something, nobody does anything. Right. So 
don't worry about like the don't be don't get a complex if nobody likes your stuff it's a it's it takes a while right it takes a while to start building it but but the key is the key is engagement it's not likes or shit you know what i mean like or shares it's engagement how many people are and that's where all the algorithms work on right so linkedin twitter all that stuff it it likes is fine but how many people comment on your thread that's what's going to boost you to the top that's what's going to get more people paying attention to you awesome so this actually brings me to my next question now let us say now people are switching jobs all right now they build an authority on one particular platform because that is where the icp and the yeah. persona was now they have switched uh, uh, you know companies and uh, you know there, there's a different icp and a different platform where they have to be relevant now wh- what do they do in such a scenario now they'll have to build start from scratch i believe but what is your take yeah i mean that that is a tough one right cuz now cuz that also you know makes you question why should i build my brand if i don't think i'm going to be in this industry for the next 5 10 15 years right exactly and again i think it just goes back to genuine you know curiosity and and trying to be better and 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 trying to be good at what you do when you make that switch to another like what people are interested in these days um they're interested in the journey Okay, they're interested in in being a real person and and learn and and watching other people learn. And so, if you share your journey, people people will come with you. You know what I mean? So, for instance, like if I was shifting from sales training, for instance, to you know uh, selling security services to to the CISO, right? I'm actually gonna I'm gonna like act talk about that. You know, I'm going to be like, Hey, you know what? I just moved into another industry. You know, I know I got a great, I've, I've built a big following in sales training and that type of stuff. I got to learn now what CISOs care about and managed services and those type of things. So I'm going to start to learn a little bit more in that space. And I'm going to start to share more information that way. Right. And, and you just make the shift of your learning, but you, you bring your audience, you, you tell your audience why you're making the shift. Right. And you share your journey of what you're learning along the way. And that's what the, like, that's the thing about like Snapchat and those type of things. Like, Snapchat and Instagram stories and that type of stuff. I get way more engagement on my Instagram stories and my Snapchat than I do kind of anything that I post as a tile or something like that. Because people care more about like the kind of the behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, where's John? Like, where's he traveling to now? Like watching the the journey of what the journey I'm on to try to figure out how to build my business and that type of stuff and all the learning lessons along the way and the mistakes I'm making. Like that's what people like the real factor. Right, that's what people care about. Right, don't don't try to fake it till you make it. Don't try to pretend like you know what you're talking about when you don't. Just straight up say to people, "Look, I'm making a shift in industries. I, I, you know, I'm I'm the reason. Here's the reason I made that shift because I'm super interested and I thought this was a great opportunity. Whatever it is, but I'm now starting from scratch here, so I got to start building this. And you'll see, yeah, there'll be a bunch of your followers that'll stop paying attention because they kind of knew you for one thing. Yeah. But then you'll start building your brand in another area, and then you'll probably three to five years later start to do something different. But guess what? you know, a portion of each one of those groups is going to stay with you along the way, right? And that's going to do nothing but benefit you in the long term of your career. Totally. Perfect answer. Perfect. There's one uh, question. Uh, so is there something called content overload? Can sharing too much content be bad? Is that an ideal number? Yes. I think sharing too much content that's not valuable is bad, right? So I think this is where like you get in danger of just, oh, I got to post every day. And you start posting stuff that is just weak. You know what I mean? Really weak and not very valuable in any way, shape or form. Uh, that's where I think it'll hurt you. Right. But if you got something to say, if you got some valuable content and some thoughts, you know, like two, three times a day, I mean, you think about it, right? Like log into LinkedIn and something I post right now in five seconds is 
50 rows deep in LinkedIn. You know what I mean? So, so if I post it again, I mean, unless people are literally just staring at my LinkedIn profile all day, which I, I hope not. Um, but it, you know what I mean? Unless somebody's like literally staring at like, you're probably, yeah, there might be a few people that look at you and say, dude, you know what I mean? You're posting way too much, but people pop in and out of social channels. So the likelihood of you hitting somebody like, you know, five times the same person is not high. So I really wouldn't worry about it too much if you are posting valuable stuff. Yeah. Now I'll go back to Gary V. You know, Gary V for me is like, he's one, he's in a different world, right? Cause he's got millions and millions of followers and, and, you know, he's posting everything all over the place. And now for me personally, consuming Gary's stuff, you know, I kind of come in waves with Gary's stuff. Like I'll, I'll consume a lot of his content and I'll be like, whoa, this is all really good stuff. And then after a while, I kind of start seeing, hearing the same thing over, okay, hustle and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I get it. Right. So I'll take a break, you know, and I'll, and, you know, for a month or two, and then I'll kind of come back in and say, oh, you know, he's got some new stuff to talk about here. Right. So I, I think that's a little, but, but that's because him and what he does, right? For us, I think as long as you're staying consistent with it, that's the key is consistency. Yeah. And, and you're not just, it's, it's like email, right? Like spam email, stop people paying attention to. I know uh, uh, San, Sanjana here asked a question about how is, how is social change cold calling? Exactly. Right? It's cold calling, email, social. If you do it templatized, if you do it generic, I don't care how often you do it, I think it's a waste. Right. So, so let's go to cold calling to that answer. You know, I, I, the, the way social selling is, has, has changed cold calling is if you have a brand, you might actually, that person might actually be familiar with you when you call. So the likelihood of them paying attention to you is higher, right? Cause if you've liked and commented or shared something of theirs, right. And you've engaged with them on social, it's an impression game today. It's not about a single email. It's not about a single voicemail. It's about impressions, right? So they see you, they hear you, that, you know, all this other stuff. And then when the time's right, that's when like you're top of mind, right? So if you do enough social brand building and stuff like that, and then when you make that phone call to that person, they might actually know you. You know what I mean? They might actually recognize you either consciously or subconsciously. And then the other side that has impacted cold calling is it, it's, it's made it so you don't have to cold call, like yeah. literally cold call. And when I think of cold calling, I think of, a, a list of names that I know nothing about and I'm making a call with a generic elevator pitch. Like that's what I think of cold calling. But if I can read you online, if I can see your social profiles, I can get a sense of what you are and what your business does, I can be super relevant on that call. And so therefore it's not a cold call to me. It's a m more of a warm call because I kind of know you, right? So I can be way more relevant to when I reach out to you on a, on a, on a phone call. Perfect, perfect. So uh, one last question uh, before we wrap this up. Uh, so, uh, this person is a marketer and he wants to help, uh, you know, his sales colleagues to get more leads from social selling. Uh, so how can a marketer go about, you know, building a brand for their sales colleagues, which will actually help them, you know, get more leads and, you know, build their network and anything. Yeah, I think it's about giving, I think it's about being selective with the content that you share, like bringing content to the sales reps to help educate them. And then, you know, and then, and then, you know, sharing with us content, because the problem with the most sales are when I talk about business acumen, sales reps don't, they just don't pay attention to it. I, I know I didn't, you know, my, my business acumen was a byproduct of, of my activities. I would just kind of go, 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 go. And I would say, you know, I would ask a stupid question to a CEO and the CEO would say, that's a stupid question. And I'd say, okay, I won't ask that again. Right. So I think if marketing helped us with that business acumen piece, so here's, here's a very tactical thing marketing could do at the beginning of the month. Grab a lunch and learn with a team. Uh, grab a persona, 
put that persona up. So like VPs of sales and SaaS, okay? And, and bring that up on stage and say, okay, this is what, based on what we know, based on market intelligence and that type of stuff, this is what VPs of sales and SaaS are challenged with today. Like this is what they care about, okay? Here's the day-to-day challenges that they face with, or even better, bring your VP of sales into that lunch and learn and do a Q&A with them about what do these people care about, what's going on, that type of stuff. And then feed the team information about that, about what these people care about, and then help them understand how your solution aligns with that so that they can kind of start to learn more about these personas, what the, you know, have some empathy for the people that they're reaching out to and educate themselves on certain topics, whatever, that they can then share and whatever. But that's going to hit the, I think if you, I would look at it as, as from a marketing standpoint, don't necessarily worry about helping the sales rep with social selling, help them with business acumen first yeah. and help us learn. And, and so we're not just going through the motions and pushing buttons and making calls, but we're actually learning stuff along the way because that learning is going to translate to better conversations moving forward. And it's going to translate to genuine curiosity so that we can start to learn stuff and, and share. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. So that's a that's a wrap uh, from us, uh, John. Thanks a lot for yeah. coming on to this uh, webinar. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. <laughs>